Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another jam-packed edition of your favorite show, DC and Hawani. And as you probably know, we have a ton to get to this week. DC's on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. So stay right there. A lot to get to. But first, I got to say, a little bit sad, a little bit bummed. The NBA season is officially over. The playoffs are over. Congratulations to the Lakers, to LeBron James. Respect that man. I had a lot of fun watching the playoffs from start to finish, and there to guide me throughout the entire thing was the great Brian Windhorst, the host of the Hoop Collective podcast. He's got a new pod out right now where he and Zach Lowe, it's like the Hoop Collective and the Lowe Post come together. They talk about the Lakers' incredible championship run and LeBron James's still-growing legacy. It's called the Hoop Collective. Download and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, tell Wendy that I sent you and leave a good review as well. And leave us a review, all right? Thank you. Okay, on to today's program. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. Use the code Ariel to take oh, the game. And make it rain. And make yeah. it rain. Come on, man. I can't get one. You can't use the code DC1. Is that hard? Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. in your life on this second week of October 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC. Daniel Cormier. Is it that one? I don't know. Well, I'm in Abu Dhabi now, you know, so the sides by the switch. I'm I'm all the way across the country, so you're a little bit, like, confused. You know, I get get this one. Across the world, my friend. Across the world, actually, yeah. And, and there he is, joining us live and direct from the United Arab Emirates. Yes, it is in fact. Uh, could you get, no, get it right? Could what? you get it right? Live from Fight Island. Oh, sorry. Fight <laughs> Island. Keep live and direct from Fight Island. And I mean, Ariel. <laughs> Ariel, when I got off the plane, when I got off the plane and I stepped foot onto Fight Island, it was even better than I could have imagined. I mean, for a long time, it was a dream. It was it was something that was made up. It was imaginary. Yeah. But now that I've experienced it in real life, I've seen the beach. I've seen the octagon on the beach. <laughs> Fight Island is as real as it gets, Eric. And it's exactly what we expected. There's something beautiful and symbolic about you after all these months. The man who thought of Fight Island, the man who <laughs> talked about the, the charter planes and everything way back in March being on this show that we created from fight island is a beautiful thing it's really a beautiful thing first i'd be remiss dc if at the very top of the show i don't wish you a happy thanksgiving to you and your family uh, one of the best holidays of the year wait what uh, I hope you guys are having turkey happy today, thanksgiving it's all canadian, october 1st canadian thanksgiving the- oh <laughs> <laughs> The second Monday in October is Thanksgiving. Oh. I'm a little surprised you didn't. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's October. <laughs> the second. What do you mean it's Canadian Thanksgiving? So y'all making your own holidays again? Canadian Thanksgiving, my goodness, I have never heard anything like this in my entire life. I am 41 years old. I spent 41 years on this earth, man, and you are telling me now there's a Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, come on, man. I don't believe that, man. (laughs) One thing I can't believe. I've I've accepted all the stuff you throw my way, but there's no way I'm ever going to celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving. What What about Halloween? We haven't got the Halloween yet. Y'all skip past Halloween? No, 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 no. We do Halloween. You guys don't have Halloween? As you know, winter comes a little earlier in, in Canada, oh, so we like to celebrate no. the harvest so wait, uh, a little sooner. When did you guys have Halloween, man? July? No, no, did no, you no. have Halloween in July? Did you guys have Halloween in July? I mean, on top of the other 50 holidays that you put on me on this show, you've legitimately had 50 holidays, man. Y'all just find a reason to celebrate up north, man. Come so I guess y'all, at some point it's going to be happy National Raptors Day because y'all won that championship last year, right? No, no, That's going to be a holiday. Shout out to the LA Lakers, your team. I know Ooh. you're very happy. You're the long-suffering Bro. fan. You know, I know that you've uh, 
you've <laughs> bled and sweat uh, purple and gold for many years. So congratulations to you. It's and been a while. Laker it's name. been a while since we have stood atop the world. And uh, the king, the king, LeBron James, has delivered everything he promised to Laker Nation. And we are very proud. We are very proud of the Los Angeles Lakers. They went to the bubble. They went into a situation, an extreme situation, and stayed the course, and now they are the world champions. So, yes, my Lakers, they got it done. Well done. So I actually do want to talk about this whole experience. Um, what What is it like? Like, could you tell us when you left, the quarantining, the flight? Like, all this stuff is actually quite fascinating to me. Yes, it is. It is. Ariel, first off. Yes. Went to Vegas, had to quarantine. I got there at 12 o'clock thinking I was going to go get some groceries and be able to do everything I needed to do for the trip. But instead, they told me I could not leave the hotel. So once you step foot in the hotel, you're stuck. So I'm there from 12 o'clock until 3 a.m. on Friday. This is Wednesday. Get on the on the bus at 3 a.m., go to the airport and fly over to Abu Dhabi, which is an 18-hour flight. Beautiful, beautiful service on the air, on the charter flight. We had like a four-hour delay, though, before we left. So it made it a real long day. 15-hour flight. Got to Abu Dhabi. Immediately get tested. Um, and then a 48-hour quarantine. I got to tell you one thing. I didn't realize how much I hate myself. I mean, you always tell me how good a guy I am. I start to question everything. When you're in a room by yourself, for 48 hours, you question everything. And uh, it was long, but I got out time? of four. Huh? What did you do oh, to pass the time? Well, so to pass the time, what I did, first off, I stayed on American time because I'm going to call the fights on our time at home. So it's going to be the middle of the night here in Abu Dhabi. So what I did was I would stay up all night long. And in the morning, 7 a.m., I take a shower, I brush my teeth, and I put on my pajamas and I go to bed. And I slept from 7 till... <laughs> I slept from 7 till 4 in the afternoon yesterday. They did a wellness check on me because they bring food all day long. And they, I had like three bags of food outside. Like, so you you order your food. Like, there's an order sheet. You put what you want and what time. And they bring it and they put it outside the door. They not leave it outside the door. I had breakfast. I had lunch. And I had like a snack all seated outside. They had to wake me up to go get my second test because you get tested every day. But I play video games and, and I, I watch TV. I've got some TV shows that I watch. And, and then I call my family and I Zoom call my children and just kind of hang out. And I saw it, that they've been doing this thing. When people check into the hotel, are they like writing messages on the mirror when you walk in? Do they do that to you and like throw a big no, no, party? That was, Dana. that was for Dana. I think Dana got, Dana got the messaging on the mirror and all that. No, yeah, no I, some I of the a, fighters did too. I had a nice note. I had a nice note. Hey, I'm, I'm, an, old, I'm, an, old, I'm an old retired guy. You know, what are they writing on my messages for? I'm just... Here to call the fights. What about like the whole confetti thing and all that? They didn't do all that for you. I'm just happy I got a room. You know, I'm I'm so I'm just happy they didn't stick me in the in the in the, the utility closet or anything. So I'm good. And what what about um? I saw on your Instagram, we like you were playing Madden at the airport with yeah, like yeah, yeah. or something. What is that? I was bored, so like I figured, why not make some money? So I challenged a few of the UFC crew to. Game is a Madden. So what I have is this it's like this gaming system. I put my PlayStation in the bottom, and then when I flip it open, it's a, like a 20-inch television. So it's like this car- – you can carry it on – I play it on the airplane, too. I just plug it into the uh, the little port, and I can play my video game on, on, on the airplane. That's nice. So you just walk around with this thing? I carry it like a briefcase. It's kind of heavy. It gets heavy a little bit after a while. It's like 12 pounds, you know, TV. I'm walking through the airport with a TV and a PlayStation in that case. It just straps over my shoulder like a backpack. Jeez. I love it. Only problem is a little bit small, right? So I got to sit real close to the TV, but it's right. fun, man. I enjoy what about, it. What about the F1 track? Have you done that yet? Dude, this is the thing. It's all closed. Everything's closed. Why? Everything's closed on Fight Island this time. The F1 track is closed. The golf course is closed because this time it's five weeks. On Fight Island. Before, it was like a two-week thing. The public and the, the members of the golf course were okay with it being, you know, closed to them for a couple of weeks. But now, they want their tee times. It's five weeks closed in the F1 course. It's all it's all that fun stuff that we saw in the beginning is closed. I'm, I'm a day late, dollar short. Ah, uh, I would have loved to see you squeeze into that little thing. There's no chance I would get in there. I'd never get in those cars. I'm scared of that. I'm afraid of that, too. Driving fast? Not for me. So how do you feel? You're going to be there two weeks, and you know what's crazy? You're doing the you're you're doing the 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 fights on American time zone for Zombie Ortega, but then the Habib fight is on Abu Dhabi time zone, so you're going to have to adjust as well. It's pretty remarkable what you have to go through here. So on Sunday, when I get back from the Zombie fight, it'll be morning. 
I'm going to have to push through that barrier, right? That, that idea that I want to go to bed, I'm going to have to push through it and try to stay up all day and start to get myself back adjusted to the time here. Where, Cause like right now it's, it's seven o'clock at night, you know? Um, and I feel or eight o'clock at night and I feel like uh, it's first thing in the morning, right? It feels right. like the first thing in the morning, right? So I just had my coffee. I got dressed. It's like my days are just starting. So I'm going to have to try to adjust that as I get ready for that second fight. Well, this is great. I mean, I'm it's a big situation. It's a different situation for me, honestly. Like I, I haven't been out of the country in a while and it's a, you know, it's a bit scary, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world. But the moment you get off and you realize how, the, the things that are in place to protect you as, a, as an athlete and as a person that works in this company, there's nothing to fear. It's amazing. Just a, just a, just a boy from a small town in Lafayette, Louisiana. Look at you. <laughs> the North Side. Fight Island, just doing your thing, walking around. I saw your setup that you have over there with your TV and your multiple TVs. You got, I think you had Deron Wynn over there. I mean, I got inside <laughs> scoop. You know, I have a little surveillance camera on you over there. I'm big. In the United Arab Emirates. You got to try the food, by the way. The hummus is tremendous over there. Have you had oh, it yet? I had, bread yesterday. I had some bread yesterday. I don't know oh, what the, the pita bread, bread right? It was the best bread. It was the best bread I've ever had in my entire life. It was it was like a little charred. It was per- oh, it was so good. But yeah, I had to run on the phone watching some kids from my wrestling team wrestle in uh, in, in um, South Dakota this weekend. It was great. I had hey, one of my kids on my team is an eighth grader. He won a freaking 18U tournament. It was, it's been good. I've been spending the time watching those things. Well, this is wonderful. All right. So uh, I'm happy you're okay. I'm happy you made it safe and sound that you'll be still joining. That, that's the consummate professional that you are. Despite- well, reality is you guys tried to give me off. Like you guys actually. So at times I worry. I'm like, are they trying to replace me? Because it was like, DC, do you want the time off? While you're in, in Abu Dhabi, I'm like, no, I think you and Askren have gotten far too close. And now you're looking to kick me out the door. And I'm, I'm watching you, Hawani. I got my eyes on you, dude. Never. I'm loyal to a fault, maybe to a fault, they say. I am loyal. I'm loyal. Um, I'm loyal. I've been, I've been out on the front line for you for the last week and a half with, from Darren Till all the way down. I've been watching your back. You know, so you better be good to me. And we will get to some of that later on in the show. But first, we have to give Corey Sanhagen his due because, D.C., I've been very high on Corey Sanhagen. And uh, some people said I was a little too high on him. And then he stumbles against Aljo. And then, in a weird way, gets a bigger fight in his next fight. His bounce-back fight is a higher-profile fight. It's a main event against a former champion in WSOF, former title contender, Marlon Moraes. And what does he do? He knocks him out with an incredible spinning heel kick. Uh, I, I mean, just an amazing performance. And it makes me think once again that Corey Sanhagen is going to fight for the belt one day. That was just an amazing win. He started off calm, cool, and collected. And, and you know about this, right? It actually made me think about you a little bit. You come off the biggest loss of your career, and then you have to fight. The next fight is bigger than that one. Reminds mm-hmm. me of you versus Jones and you versus Rumble, right? Reminds me of you versus Jones, you versus Volkan. And he stepped up to the plate just like you did. Very impressive stuff. Well, it's a matter of... Of, of how do you recover after something so devastating, right? There's a, there's a saying, I don't, I don't know it exactly. Like the measure of a man is not how he behaves in the comfortable times, but how he handles the times where it's, you, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Enough, you know that, close enough, yeah. yeah. It's something of that saying, you know, like, right, right, yeah, but sure. how do you measure Corey Sanhagen after you saw him last weekend? Because you went in a fight with Aljo that at the time people were saying, this should be for the uh, vacant title. This should be the title fight, right? Corey Sanhagen, this guy, Aljo, this should be. And they decided to go P.O. Rian and uh, Jose Aldo. But he got beat in that big moment, went back and had to face down what many people think is the most dangerous fighter in that division, right? Marlon Rice is scary. He beat on Henry Cejudo at the beginning of this fight. He has looked like a world beater. He beat Aljo, knocked out Aljo, right? How do you bounce back? And what he did on, on, on Saturday night was truly amazing for him to stand in there and be so comfortable to throw that attack and land it in the way that he did. When you talk about making a statement and reintroducing yourself to the highest part of your, the highest level of your division, that's what Sanhagen did. It does not feel like the loss now did anything to hurt his, his, uh, his stock in the Bantamweight division now after that performance. What I love about Sanhagen is like he doesn't look like your typical fighter, right? Like afterwards, a reporter asked him why he came out to Biggie's "Give Me the Loot," and he's like, "Yeah, I look like a you know a pale white guy from Colorado, but I'm gangster too." I was like, "Yeah, you know, Corey Sanhagen, he's the man." 
he also he hates paper towels. I don't know if you know this about him. He's very environmentally friendly. He's really into the you know the the environment. So like to me, it was just like he was just attacking Marlon Moraes. Like he's yeah. a guy who uses too many paper towels. You know what I mean? That's all cool. That's all cool. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all cool. You know that he doesn't like paper towels and that he's a gangster, but. I really just care about him being able to fight. <laughs> I care about the fact that he had a great performance on Saturday. You know, I get all, I get all, like, that's you, right? Like, you bring all these things together. And But the reality is I don't really care how much he likes paper towels. I just like that he, he can really get after it and that he had that type of performance. And honestly, puts himself in line now for another big spot. In On Saturday night, he said something like, I'm not – you know, I can get a title shot, right? He feels like he's right back in the title picture. And after losing the fight before, most times you'd laugh it off, right? Like, ah, this guy, whatever. He's just talking. But when you beat the number one contender in the division in the way that he did, you really got to start paying attention to it and start really saying, Sanhagen isn't two, three fights away now from earning the title fight. If he can win one more, or if he's willing to play the backup for Aljo versus, Aldo versus uh, Aljamain versus uh, uh, Piotr Jan, I'd put him there. Well, you know who was the biggest winner on Saturday? Oh. Aljamain Sterling, right? He was the biggest winner by far. No, 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 no. Aljamain Sterling wasn't the biggest winner. He, it was good for Aljo, right, that Corey Sanhagen won. The brother that did that spinning back kick thing was the one. Oh, <laughs> that dude. Yes. That dude. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but when you say who's the biggest winner of the night, yeah, sure. Aljo, that was great for Aljo, but nobody won bigger than the brother with that spinning kick, that Matrix stuff that he did. Okay, fair that enough. Guy. I just mean from that fight, that result. Okay, we'll from get that to fight, yes. Joaquin Buckley, a.k.a. Well, Buckley. let's not talk about, let's not, let's not act like Corey Sanhagen. Get, you know, I mean, Aljo, because he dominated in that way, yes. Big moment for him. Well, and really, it feels like it secures a title fight for him, right? That's why he was the big winner, because A, number one, the win over Sanhagen looks better in hindsight, and B, there was talk of Marlon fighting Jan last week. Even Jan himself put it out as crazy as it was. So I feel like Aljo's the big winner because it secures it. So I'm happy for him. But what about what Corey Sanhagen said after the fight? He threw out two names. Frankie Edgar, fine. But another one who we haven't heard of in a long time, TJ Dillashaw. I love this idea. TJ coming back against Corey Sanhagen. Now people need to know. TJ Dillashaw's suspension is up in mid-January. He's free to fight yeah. come, I think, January 20th of 2021. So he's up in like three months, essentially. Close. Yeah, it's getting close. I love that fight. So I, I read somewhere that TJ Dillashaw may be coming back at 125. He wow. might be coming back as a, as a flyer. There's no chance he's coming back at 125. I, I read that somewhere. I, I read that on the internet somewhere, that he was coming back as a, as a flyweight. And, I mean, I... If he got flyweight, right, what got him in this mess? That, that's hey, listen. Sometimes people learn. It's a little harder for people to learn their lessons. You know, want to keep trying uh, to correct it. But Sanhagen versus Dillashaw, that's a great fight. It's a great fight for both, though, right? Because if TJ beats Corey Sanhagen, he puts himself right back in line. And if Corey Sanhagen beats him, it's that big shiny name. We talk about this all the time, right? We talk about it with Neil Magny. All, not, not sorry, not Neil Magny. With Leon Edwards all the time. You need that big, shiny name on your resume that makes everybody take notice. And I believe that if Corey Sanhagen can get a win over a former champion, TJ Dillashaw, that's exactly what he needs. And conversely, if Dillashaw beats him, now he's right back in that picture. Right back, where he, right back where he was. Right back yeah. where he was. But, I mean, going for two years and that's the type of fight you come back into as TJ Dillashaw, I mean, wow, that's a big moment. Yeah, maybe it is a little tough. I mean, TJ versus Edgar, 135 is very fun. I know now for sure it should be Sterling versus Jan, maybe even on December 12th. Then we'll get to that card in a little bit, which, of course, lost its main event last week, uh, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. So maybe they put Jan versus Sterling on December 12th. Now let's talk, DC. Let's give Joaquin Buckley his due. Let's talk about Mr. Joaquin Buckley and what he pulled off. An incredible knockout, maybe the best knockout in UFC history. Definitely, the as we sit here right now, that's the best knockout of 2020, and if something beats that, I would be shocked. I don't know if I've ever seen anything better than that in, in recent memory. What did you make of what Joaquin Buckley did in that incredible sequence? The best thing about the Joaquin Buckley situation was that Impasanganai was undefeated, right? And everybody was talking about how good Impasanganai is. So when Joaquin Buckley kicked him, Sanganai catches his foot and stays there. Now, I've seen people do that all the time, right? That's like one thing. You block the kick and you kind of wave it down. But 
you realize that he propelled himself off of one foot into a spin because, dude, Simon and I was still holding his foot. He was actually still holding his foot off the ground. So this young man actually was able to generate enough power to propel himself up and then spin and kick him in the face. That, when I watched that on TV, I was like, oh, my goodness, I think I just saw the greatest knockout I've ever seen in my entire life. We've seen some good ones, right? The, the, the Charles, um, Edson, was it Edson Barbosa did the spinning heel kick that knocked out him. dude yeah. way back in the day. We've seen some crazy ones, but nothing like that. I mean, how do you even how do you even do like Frank, hey, Francis Nagano actually said, you watch something like that and you kind of think like I'm gonna go work on it in the gym and realize I I, I don't want to hurt myself because you get excited and go, hey. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, but nobody's doing what Joaquin Buckley did last weekend. That is the only time, and I'm, I'm confident saying, that will be the only time in UFC history you'll ever see anything like that happen. Wow. Okay. Have you ever tried that? I did against Roy Nelson, but I had both feet on the ground, and it looked terrible. It, actually, it looked terrible. I tried it with both feet on the ground, and I looked terrible trying to spin it back. And it, I never tried it again because it, it, there's no way, bro. They're, all you're thinking about when you throw a high kick like that and they wave it down to the ground is getting your foot back down. Right. You want to get back to position where you can be able to attack or defend. He was so free that he jumped and did a spinning back kick and kicked him in the face. And I can't believe he got a $50,000 bonus. I would have given him, I don't know, I would have given him two, two bonuses, $100,000 for performance. I would have given him five of the night. Performance of the night and fight of the night because maybe they broke out the old million dollar check like they gave you back in the day. Oh, I'm sure he got. I mean, this dude probably got some money in the back. He he asked. That was crazy. Greatest knockout in UFC history. So it's interesting when you talk about the greatest knockout. I'm wondering, do stakes matter? For example, like no, stakes don't matter. Or or can you separate them? Basically, can you can you can you separate like 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 Connor knocking out Jose Aldo is a big knockout, right? But it wasn't. As in a title fight. Right. So do stakes matter or do you separate them? Like you put like the Barbosa's Barbosa was a prelim fight as well. And this one, and you know what I mean? Or like Anderson knocking out Vitor with that kick. That was insane. Right. Yeah, that doesn't matter, bro. Like it, I think when you look at these types of situations, when you look at these greatest knockout in UFC history, you look at the actual knockout. I don't think Athleticism. you say the greatest knockout in UFC title fight history. That's okay. I think Anderson or Connor, those two stand out to me above most of them, right? But in terms of just in a knockout that showed an insane display of skill, an insane display of athleticism, and ability to really let go in the octagon, I don't think we've seen anything like this. And he should be very proud because I don't know if you can't catch that lightning in the bottle ever again. Like that won't ever happen again in the UFC. You know, some, some haters were saying like Owen Hart and Vampiro have been doing kicks like that for years back in the day, like in the squared circle. Yeah, man. But guess what though? We we're like, we're like Owen Hart and Vampiro, Owen Hart, rest his soul. They were in the back going, when you grab my foot, I'm going to do a spinning back kick. They're like, they're like agreeing to what's going to happen. But this well, is you don't a, think I'm being serious, do you? No, I don't. I'm saying, but this is a free fight, right? Like, boy, right. for that to happen in that situation was crazy. It was crazy. Um, incredible knockout. Great footage afterwards of Dana White coming up to him, and he's saying, I'm going to cry, and talking about the bonus and everything. Uh, just seems like a great young man. I've, I've never met him before, but very happy for Joaquin Buckley. It's cool to see a moment like that just extend outside of the MMA bubble. And, and can I just say this very, very quickly, DC? Can I say this? Because uh, the great Scott Van Pelt, who I know you know of as well, I don't know if you saw, but he got a little bit of heat. Um, because on Saturday night on SportsCenter, he, he talked about how it was hard to see, um, you know, the, the head bounce off the canvas like that in the aftermath. And I understood where he was coming from and people were attacking him and calling him all kinds of names and things like that. Can I just say this? I, I just want to say this. I've been working at ESPN and, and no one told me to say this. Uh, in fact, they probably didn't want me to say this, but here's the thing. I've been working at ESPN for two and a half years, right? Dare I say there is no sports center anchor or star at, at ESPN who has tried to embrace and learn about MMA more so than Scott Van Pelt. When I'd be on the campus in Bristol, it comes up to me, hey, who's this guy? Tell me about this guy. What's the big fight coming up? He really took a liking to Izzy as well. Oh, what about this? What about that? Every time I'm on, 
complimentary about the sport. This guy's not a hater. This guy's not trying to put the sport down. Scott Van Pelt is a supporter of the sport. He's allowed to feel like something was a little hard to watch. And guess what? At its core, the sport is very violent. People yeah. need to lay off a little bit and stop being so insecure about what the sport is. Yeah, certainly. But but the reality is, and, and I get it. Like you said, he's a big-time supporter and he's a fantastic sports anchor. But, but there have been times in mixed martial arts where it's been much worse, right? There's been much worse. So I don't understand how that one is uh, – it, it's hard to watch. Because even whenever Steve and I fought the first time, and I knocked him down, and I went over and just was banging his head against the, the mat. Like, that would have been more difficult, right? Because Sanda and I never even took – he never took no follow-up shots. He just fell. Right. Like it's like he didn't take either. It's like he didn't jump on him and start following up as he's knocked out. You saw a couple of the bad stoppages that have happened early, earlier this year where you're like, man, stop the fight, stop the fight. So I don't know if maybe Scott hasn't been watching or maybe the action was so explosive that he's like, wow, he was really out all the way as he hit the mat. I get what he's saying, but there's been a lot more violent finishes over the course of the year. And I don't think that's his point. All I'm saying is. Not everyone has to have universal praise of the sport. There's good things and bad things about all sports, football, hockey, basketball. There's good things and bad things. And I just think that when we attack other people who don't universally praise it, it's, it's, it's a bad reflection on us as yeah, a and also you That's all I'm saying. Also, like, hey, and also Scott Van Pelt and all those guys, like, those guys, are they, they're the real deal. They're real-life reporters. They're real sports anchors, and they cover the sport. And the more that they're covering our sport, the better it is. They bring a set of eyes to the sport that – Sometimes people don't get, so we can't, I, I feel like we have to, as MMA people and MMA fans understand that as the sport continues to grow, different people and opinions will be inside of mixed martial arts. We can't be so like, it's almost like it's ours. So you guys stay away. We can't live like that in our sport. Otherwise it'll never grow to what it can be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's transition over to the other big news of this past week. And it's obviously Conor McGregor and your guy, Dustin Poirier. So uh, the, the story, the saga that is Conor McGregor in 2020 took another turn on Thursday when he revealed to the world that he has in fact accepted a fight against Dustin Poirier. Mm -hmm. And he also said that he would be donating $500,000 to the Good Fight Foundation because that was, you know, a stipulation in the charity fight that they were trying to set up. But there is uh, a a bit of a stipulation on his part now in accepting this fight against Dustin Poirier. And it's that he wants the fight to happen in 2020. Now the UFC, from what I'm told, offered him the fight on January 23rd because that's the next pay-per-view without a title fight on it. We know that on November 21st, we're getting two title fights. We know it's going to be Alex Perez versus Davidson Figueredo on November 21st and also Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. And as of right now, we know that Megan Anderson versus Amanda Nunes for the 145 title will be on December 12th. We lost Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. They're trying to add something. So Connor is saying, hey, you got you know a thin pay-per-view to be kind on November 21st, and you also just lost your main event on December 12th. Put me on one of those. UFC is saying, no, we want you on January 23rd. What do you make of how this whole situation is playing out? I wonder if, I wonder how it works business-wise, right? Like, how does it work in terms of a business? Like you said, Conor McGregor, he, he does big business every time he's out there. Um, like I said before, get him on a fight. He wants to fight. I thought that um, you losing, um, there was a fight in November. I said, put him as the main event in November and move, put those guys in the co-main event. That works. I also believe that come December 19th now, now it works, right? Because Amanda Nunes is a title fight. You only have one. Putting Conor McGregor on the, uh, the, in the November card now, because I didn't know that Valentina Shevchenko was fighting on there whenever we spoke about it last week. Putting Conor McGregor on a pay-per-view with two champions who share the pay-per-view revenue, that's going to be like a massive bill. But December 19th, you have one champion, right? You have just Amanda. December 12th. December 12th, sorry. You have just Amanda, right? And Amanda does pretty good for herself anyways. So then you don't have to worry about splitting the pie way too much. But, I mean, I'd let him fight. 
I mean, if he really wants to fight, I'd let him fight. And I had to off to Connor for the donation, right? Because you don't have to do that. You don't have to give Dustin the 500000 I tweeted that the other day, like, hey, I know at times I can be um, – I can talk about Connor and it may come off as if I don't like him. I think Connor's great. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a great guy. But when he does something good, I want to applaud him. And for him to say he's given five hundred grand to uh, Dustin and his foundation, and for Dustin to say that he's going to build a boxing gym on the side of town that we grew up on, that that touches very close to me, and I appreciate that. So if he wants to fight, I say give him December 12th. Put him on there with Amanda Nunes, and let's see how it goes. Well, okay, so let's get a little inside baseball here for the fans that might not understand what is going on. There's a bit of chess being played here between the two sides, right? So the UFC is saying, great, you want to do a charity match, uh, you and Dustin? All right, how about you guys actually fight for us because you're both contracted to us? So let's mm-hmm. be honest, they weren't thinking of booking Connor versus Dustin too, but it was kind of forced upon them after those yep. tweets. So they said, all right, next available pay-per-view January 23rd, let's start the year off with a bang. Connor's response is, no, I wanted to fight three times in 2020. Put me on one of these cards that are a little thin. The UFC doesn't want to do that, as you alluded to, because when Connor fights, it usually does yeah. very well pay-per-view-wise, right? In the one to two range these days, correct? Now, yeah. the champions usually get pay-per-view points. Davison Figueredo is not a big draw, but he gets pay-per-view oh, points. Sure. So does Valentina. So does Amanda Nunes. This is why when Connor fights these days, other champions aren't on those cards because they don't want to give pay-per-view points from a $2 million or $2 million buy pay-per-view to someone who didn't necessarily earn it because now you're dividing that pie a little too much and you're not you know, making as much yourself. So that's the game of chess. He's saying, just put me on with another champion. And they're like, no, no, no. We're going to put you on a card with no champion. What they could do, and I wonder what you think about this is, what if they told someone like Davison? What, what if they did this? Davison and Valentino. I think it's that's such a bad precedent. I, I know. I know where you're going. I think it's that's such a bad. Precedent. It's so. I, I know exactly where you're going. Where you're saying, "Hey, Davison, how about you move to December?" Or Valentina, you move. That that is that's that's such a bad precedent. Insulting for a champion. It's very insulting as a champion to go, "Hey, we have a fight card that we promised to you, but now this guy wants to fight. We're moving you off the card." And we're going to give him that card individually. It's such a bad precedent, and it, it'll leave such a bad taste in the champion's mouth, right? This is a champion. This is a person that is going to be fighting for you, and you never know what they're going to become. But, yeah, I think it's, 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 too, it's too big a precedent to move someone who's already scheduled to fight off to accommodate someone else that essentially is saying, I want to fight, and I want to fight now. Because what happens next time, right? Like, it, I think it just sets too bad a precedent to start moving fighters because uh, your biggest star says, I want to fight today. You know, I'm going to fight for you, but I want to fight today. It's kind it of is. a bad precedent. I'm happy you said that because I agree. I, I do think that's insulting. So what about this? What about this? What if you sell it this way? You put Valentina on the December 12th card. Not be- because you want to reach it. Listen, you put Valentina and Amanda on the same card because now they're, they're flying in the same over to build the trilogy. And then you put Davison on the same card as Connor and he gets the rub as the co-main. What's wrong oh, with no. that? No, no, no. I get it. Listen, if you're going to move a champ, right? I think having Amanda and Valentina on the same card is great, right? It's like you can, you yeah. can do a whole bunch of stuff in that way. But if you're going to try to business-wise, right, if you're going to move people, Right. And like I said, I don't think you should move those people off of that card for McGregor in November. But if you do, you move them back, give them more time to prepare for their fights. I get it. But I say you put all three title fights on the same night and then those three title fights you hope will sell. You get Davidson fight first. Right. Amanda gets eyes, bro. Amanda gets eyes. People tune into Amanda Nunes now. I mean, you just said not to move them. No, I'm saying you don't, but you're saying move Valentina instead. Mm. If you're going to move one and you're going to move them both, right? If you're going to move them both, move them both back and just try to all put them together and hope that that pay-per-view, those three together does well and and does sell. Because I just think that if you're going to, you sell three title fights, you don't sell, uh, because Connor doesn't need a belt at this point, right? It can be just Connor McGregor versus whoever. But you have to go, you have to try to sell with the Amanda fight. And I think you put all three of them together if that's what you do. But me, I'm not moving them. I'm leaving it just as it is. And I'm telling McGregor, hey, man, try to just fight in January. How big, why is it such a big deal 
you know, because again, it's all, you know why it's a big deal? Because, and I wanted to know if you wanted to apologize to him because people like you said, he didn't want to fight that he was just playing games. So he's like, not only do I want to fight, I want to fight next month. It's it's every, well, first off, when he goes and fights, yes, I'll be like, wow, dude. Yeah. You want to fight? Apologize. But the reality is like, but the reality is Ariel, like, is he really just kind of like, is it just a big steal? Like, I mean, power play, right? Like move your champions for me to have this fight date. So I think it's just like, God dang, God, again? We doing it again? Like you, so you're just going to try to punk me, right? Like you take, you move your champions because I decided I want this date. It's kind of, it's a hard spot, man. And you, you want him to fight. You want him to fight. But like, do you, like, I mean, seriously, man, are you giving Conor McGregor more power? Like, do you really no. relent more I power? I love the idea of moving Valentina to December 12th because you say, I want Valentina and Amanda to be on the same card. They both win probably. If this then- was not public, if it wasn't public, then you do it privately. But the, mm. since people know that it's already set, the, 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 the visuals of you moving them to make sure that Conor got what he wanted is not good. And it's not even that it's not good for the fans. It's not good for Conor to know that he has that type of power. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's I'm sorry. One. Yeah, it's, it's a, tough a fascinating one. game of chess being played here. And in the end, it might end up being January 23rd. You just hope yeah. that it's not a take it or leave it. Imagine they say take it or leave it January 30th. Then he says, I'm out. I don't think that would be good for anyone. I mean, that no, that- it won't be good for anyone. We got to find a way to make it work. And I think they will. Right. Because think about it. Early in the year, he retired. A couple weeks ago, it seemed like they were going to fight in a charity match. Now we're talking about a date in six weeks or five weeks. Right. That's how fast yeah. things can change. The Manny thing, too, in there, too. Yeah, the Manny thing was in there. So I think things change really fast, and I believe that um, that's going to happen with this situation, too. It'll go work right. out. So you're not going to apologize yet. That's cool. I respect it. You want me to apologize to Conor McGregor because, of, because I said that I didn't think he – I never even said I don't think he wants to fight. I said if he really wants to fight, give him that date. And then he takes that date. <laughs> Sadly, I didn't realize that they don't want to, like – I didn't know they don't want to pay all these dues pay-per-view. Like, I, I didn't know. I thought Conor – I thought for a while Carter didn't want to be on the pay-per-view with those, with champions because he didn't want to pay everybody. I, I didn't know. It doesn't come out of his pocket. He makes it. No, but I'm saying like he's just building. You know, he's like that. I this is something I heard a while back. You know, I don't know where I got it from, but maybe it was it was you or oh, it was it was Ariel and the bad guy. Ariel and the bad guy said it was Ariel and the bad guy said that McGregor didn't like main eventy pay-per-views with champions. So no, yeah, I got I don't it from you and Yeah, I got it from you and Chill. That's where I got it. I got it from Ariel and the bad guy. So if, if anybody owes an apology, it's you and Chill to me. You guys need to apologize to me. Forgive you could have said, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody. And it felt like, you know, that would have felt right. But you, I, I, I served that one down the middle for you to knock it out. Now, let's talk about another guy who likes to play baseball. How about that transition? Let's talk about Tony Ferguson. Let's talk about Tony Ferguson coming out all fired up last week. <laughs> you had a lot to say when I spoke to him. It was great. But DC, he talked about 170 maybe. He talk, he's in a weird spot, and, and I want to tie two stories together here. I want to tie Tony Ferguson's situation to Dan Hooker and Nate Diaz, who are doing a little dance right now. I kind of like the idea of Tony versus Nate Diaz. Remember, they were supposed to fight a few years ago, but Nate seems to be interested in Dan Hooker. The, the whole thing is a little bit confusing. What do you make of all of this? So I like, I like first off, Tony Ferguson is the man, right? <laughs> Tony Ferguson, like, Tony Ferguson has just completely – Ignored the fact that he got beat by Justin Gaethje. Like, it's over, right? Like, it's like he's yeah. moved past it. Like, Tony's moved past it. Now it's time for us to move past it, too. And he's going to talk his talk. Like, go ahead, Tony, talk your talk. But see, it's like a difference, right? Paulo Costa is telling Izzy to, to just sign the contract. Like, what contract, Paulo? Like, what contract? There is no contract. <laughs> There's no contract now. There's no contract coming, Paulo. But, like, if Tony Ferguson goes, just sign the contract, he went five rounds, right? He got finished, sure, but he, there were moments. And you know Tony Ferguson is just a savage. So when he starts talking off the cuff and starts going off and crazy, you kind of just take it as, that's ah, Tony being Tony. But I like Nate versus Dan Hooker. I think that's a great fight. And I know what Nate is doing, right? I know what Nate is doing because Nate's taking a shot. This is a shot, I think, at Gilbert Burns. I think he's taking a shot at Gilbert Burns, right? Because when they were talking about he's like, when Izzy said something about Dan Hooker, Nate's like, your boy's the best welterweight in the world, and he showed him beating Gilbert Burns. Right. So it's like this whole little game of like everybody kind of taking shots. It's, it's 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 really fantastic to have Nate taking shot at Gilbert Burns and Gilbert Burns taking shots at you. Then you got uh, Dan Hooker taking shots at this dude. You got Izzy and Jones taking shots. It's this whole this MMA has turned into the young and the wrestling. 
It's yeah. the greatest soap opera that has been on for 50 years because everybody's kind of just dabbing at everybody. But ultimately, when's the payoff? And if the payoff is Nate versus Dan Hooker, Gilbert Burns gets to beat you, um, then, then I'm good. <laughs> it's, like, it's like with all these people talking to okay, you. So let's, throw, let's throw another ingredient into the into the pot, right? At the same – okay, so Gilbert and, and Kamaru is out, right? And I bring up again, Leon should fight Gilbert. All hell breaks loose. But at the same time, DC, this is the best. This is the best. I couldn't have said this any better. At the same time, there's RDA pulling out of the Islam Makhachev fight. And the same people who are saying that I'm crazy for Leon fighting Gilbert, by the way, number two versus number three, are the ones who are campaigning for Islam Makhachev, who's the man. Number 12, though, to fight Michael Chandler or Tony Ferguson. Michael Chandler, who's the backup, or Tony Ferguson. How in the world does this make sense? I mean, this is just, this is the richest thing I've ever heard. The same, let me repeat, <laughs> the same people who are saying, I am crazy for saying Leon number two and number three, Gilbert Burns, or two and three, you know what I'm saying, should fight each other, are the same people who are trying to campaign for Islam Makhachev number 12 to fight the backup to the title fight or Tony Ferguson. Explain this. It. And by I the way, you're too. one of those I people. I did it too. I did it too. I did it too. I caught, I caught myself being biased. Like I caught myself being biased, right? Like I was like, I caught myself, I'm sorry. I caught myself being biased. Islam is a teammate of mine and a friend. And I thought, wow, big opportunity for Islam. Here's the problem with the Islam situation, right? Islam goes and beats Michael Chandler, then what's next? You end up in the same situation as me and Kane, right? We'll fight each other because Kane's a champ. Is this Islam can't go to 45? Is Islam gonna go to 70? It's a different, it's a very difficult situation when you get those guys that are so good in the same weight class. Um but then I get, but then again, I get Gilbert Burns. I get, I get Leon Edwards' side going, give me the fight with Gilbert Burns. I can beat him and solidify myself as number one contender. But I also get Gilbert Burns' side where you're going, wait, I've got my title fight. Why would I fight anybody else? My work is done. I'm only waiting for the champion. I get what you're saying. When you go, hey, it just makes all the sense in the world. How long is Usman out for? We don't know. It's like it all makes so much, every, the things that make so much sense usually are the things that are most like uh, explosive and the things that you can't really come to terms with because all of it makes sense. Even, even Islam Akashev fighting a guy like Tony Ferguson, that all makes sense, right? Because Tony is lost his last fight. He was a former champion. It, it all makes sense, but ultimately it could never really work. And it's going to just put us in a situation where we find ourselves in now where you're getting attacked. Leon's getting attacked. Gilbert's getting attacked. Nate's Listen. throwing attacks. Dan, it's it's the for me to sit back and stir the pot is the greatest thing because I'll talk to you, then I'll talk to the other side. And I just, I, I mean, I just kind of like, I like, I like, it's like water off my back. I'm like a duck over here. Okay, let me tell you something. But here's the thing: Issa Makhachev is an incredible fighter. I I really enjoy oh. watching him, and and dare I say he's underrated. I think Islam should be a oh, lot he's very underrated, a lot further along in his career. But you and others, including Khabib, have said he only has two fights left. So even if he does fight, this is what you should have said. I'm, I'm giving you your, your rebuttal here. <laughs> what you should have said was, give him a Michael Chandler, give him a Tony Ferguson, because Khabib is apparently done by this time next year, correct? That's what you guys are telling us, right? 30 and 0, yes, yeah, we're walking yeah. away. So what's the problem? If he beats a Chandler and fights a someone yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, but it's like, it, you know. It's not you and Kane. He, no. They, you see, that's a problem, though, right? They, I got all the way to number three. We came, right? And then it was like, what's happening? About to right? retire. Like, Habib is about no, to No, I get it. But I got all the way to three. But then you know how retirements work, man. Is Habib really going to go? Like, I, I think he will, but I don't, we don't know anything for certain. But um, I would like to see, I would like to see Islam and Chandler. I think we know it, that it you tweeted it and you, hey, you pissed off Michael Chandler. Let me tell you something. Michael Come Chandler. on, Chandler can't be mad at me. Why would he be mad at me? It just makes sense. Chandler's my He's guy. The backup. He's the backup. But no, I get it. But it also, for Chandler, it also shows, if he gets through Islam, it shows, wow, I can fight that style because Islam and Habib have a very similar style, right? It works in that sense, but does it work for the rankings? It doesn't. There are a lot of different factors in this whole deal. That's why it's so fun, right? But that's why it's so fun because there are so many different elements to a thing that seems like it should be so easy, but it's still so difficult. It's still so difficult. I love it. Selfishly, I'd love to see Michael Chandler fight in two weeks, right? Against it. Islam. Like, it'd be fun. I understand why he's like, nah, no way. You know, why would I fight a guy who's number 12? 
The problem is they gave him this backup title fight and he's getting paid to weigh in. So he doesn't want to waste it. But once the Habib Gaethje fight happens, he's no longer the number one contender or, or mm-hmm. is he right? Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, let, me tell you, let me tell you who's the number one contender. I'll tell you who's the number one contender. A little Irishman that might fight in November. If the little Irish, if the Irishman wins in November, he's the number one contender. Cause now exactly. Chandler, then, then Chandler's right back in that position where he might end up fighting the Islam Makhachev, right? What like, I mean, think about it. I actually, I tweeted out that I, 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 I don't hate the idea. It's just so great because I can see all the <laughs> trolls' heads spinning now. They're like, oh my God, what are we going to say now? Because I think that Leon should fight Gilbert and I would be okay with Chandler fighting Islam, especially since RDA is out and especially mm-hmm. since he's going to be there and making weight. But you can't sit here and tell me that Leon and Gilbert is a crazy idea, but also sit here and tell me that Islam versus Chandler is a great idea. Oh, you can't say oh, no. that. It's, it's, That's it's hypocritical. The, it's, it's the, it is. It's the exact same thing. If, uh, yeah. if, not, if not Gilbert and Leon more logical because of where they sit in the rankings. Like that yeah. might be more logical. But like I said, I can see all those sides. If I'm Gilbert Burns, I'm not fighting Leon Edwards. I'm telling you that right now. I'm tell- if I'm Gilbert Burns, I'm just waiting for Usman. I'll wait. If you're Chandler, you're not I'll fighting wait. Makhachev. Although- if, I'm, if I'm Chandler, I'm not fighting Makhachev. But as Islam's training partner and friend, I will float the idea. I can say it. I'm, I was a bit, uh, you know, of a team guy on that deal. But because you never know. You know, some guys are, hey, if that was Tony Ferguson, you know what Tony would have did? Fought him. Right? Because Tony fights everybody. Tony fights anybody, anytime. So you never know what the other guy's thinking when you float that idea out there. Michael Chandler is just not one of those guys that kind of just wears his heart on his sleeve like that. I'm curious to see how this week and next week plays out. Connor Dustin, uh, the Islam situation, the, the, the Tony situation, the Diaz hooker situation. There's a lot of things that are happening here. Michael Chandler, there's just so much. Uh, Hamzat and Chris Weidman, they're offering, they're offering Chris Weidman Hamzat, and Chris is like, what are you, crazy? At the- <laughs> <laughs> this is and this is the thing, and I want to say this right now on record. Please, you speak very highly of Islam Makhachev. You speak very highly of Kamara Usman. You speak very highly of a lot of these guys. So when these guys are saying that you are on them and Gilbert Burns too, like they, they, you are not doing anything. You speak so highly of these guys, but ultimately it is our job to speak fairly and equally on everything, the good and the bad. So that's one thing fighters need to chill with. Sometimes I get that a lot, right? I say a lot of things about these guys. And even Jan Bakovic, because now I'm not even going to say his name right anymore. Jan Bakovic, Jan Bakovic, like, right? I give him all these, like, all these, like, compliments, right? I make a video praising him. But the moment you say something negative, all of a sudden he's upset. It's not that, listen, it is our job to speak fairly about you. And if you can't handle it, then this public life is not for you. Because not everybody's going to, and it's not like you're even saying anything wrong. You didn't say nothing wrong about Gilbert Burns. All you said was, maybe you should fight this guy. It's two and three. It makes sense. That doesn't, that is not wrong. You constantly praise these guys, but you can, we have to do our job fairly. And you can, people can't be tied to one way or the other. You have to be able to do your job effectively. And that is what you do. So continue to be who you are. Amen. Thank you, DC. That meant a lot. That's you. That, yeah, that, my boy. I'm on record. On the record. On because the it's record. the truth. Thank you. On the record. Islam's the man. Islam Makachev is the man. And you recognize that to him yourself. You're not hard on Islam or anybody. It's like, it just, it is what it is. No, underrated. Actually, should be further along, if you ask me. Um, A name that a lot of people should know. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's move along and let's talk about Internet Izzy or Interweave oh. Izzy, as he likes Ooh. to say. I'm not calling him that. I'm not calling him that. I'm not calling him Interweave Izzy. It sounds like he made up that name. Did he come up with that himself? He may have. He may have spun our name. Well, but hey, he, he put he it on the internet. He likes it. He likes it. He internet, actually Izzy. put that on the internet. He was like, Interweave. I'm like, no, Izzy, you don't get to choose your nickname. We give you a nickname. That's how it works, right? When somebody gives you your nickname, it works better. So, yes, we're going with Internet Izzy. Internet Izzy got John Jones to – and by the way, is that a t- that's a mini towel this time, right? That's a small one, you know. In the, hotel, you, 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 in the hotel, you use a towel, but, like, when you do the show at home, you don't use the towel. Yeah, you know, just 
my 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 place is like perfect to my temperature. It's like it's like everything that I want. Oh yeah. Oh, please tell me what Izzy got John Jones. By the way, interweb or interweb? Did we mess that up? I think it might have been interweb, Izzy. No, it's internet, Izzy. Tell me what Izzy got John Jones. He got John Jones to admit (laughs) a story that Chael P himself revealed many years. Yes, like one of the all-time MMA secrets, like folklore, all this stuff. He got him to admit just casually that he did, in fact. Hide under the ring at Jackson oh Wing to avoid a drug test. Now, John said this it was because he smoked, right? This but is pre-USADA. Pre-USADA. Nevada State Athletic Commission. This, you, surely you have heard of this story, right? I think it was before we fought the first time. Oh, wow. I think it was before we fought the first time, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was before we fought the first time. What was when this happened? This, when you saw him admit to it. I was it. like, wow, it was actually true. Well, because I heard it, like I've heard it for years. And like I said last week, I was like, I didn't use it because it, I couldn't prove that it was true. It was true. It was true. And, and honestly, like, I, I, I don't really like to talk about Jones because it sounds like he's bitter. But the reality is like, if it's true and with Jones's history, if you believe that it was for marijuana, you're as stupid as him. I mean, you're as dumb as him because they come on. That's the dumbest excuse. I smoked the, I smoked that. So that's why. I, come on, man. That's not. That's not true, man. That's not true, man. Come on, man. I, I, I'm not. I'm sorry, Jones. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry, Jones. You were cheating, man. You were cheating just like all those other times, and you got scared. He hit underneath the octagon. I mean, but boy, you gotta have a criminal mindset. You gotta have a criminal mindset to know that that's the place that they're not gonna look is underneath the octagon. Could you imagine that? Under the octagon, how long? Like what's up? what's how under long? there? But like, what's under an octagon? Right. Think about that. Storage is it storage. Is it storage? Like, are there boxes under there? Is there a whole bunch of old equipment under there? Are there roaches? There's roaches under there for sure. There are roaches under there. Like, no light, right? No light. Boring and, and, as hell. What, and at what point do you feel safe to come out? Like, at what point do you feel? Safe? Is there somebody calling him? Did he have his phone? Like, did he have his phone under there? Like, was he sitting, like, with his legs crossed? Was he laying down? Like, there are so many factors as to what he was doing under that octagon. That should have been rock bottom. That probably should have been rock bottom. Honestly. Like, oh, man, I'm doing stuff so wrong that I'm hiding under an octagon from the drug testers. Well, and, and, and what rock if, I would love to know, what if the drug tester said, like, all right, we'll wait till he comes back and sat there for, like, eight hours? They probably did. Well, if you listen to if you listen to Uncle Chael, it was a long time he was under there. Uncle Chael said he was under there for like eight hours. Yes. <laughs> Uncle Chael said he was under there for a long time. So, geez, man, the, but boy, the the discipline, right? The discipline to sit under there all that time is crazy. With how Izzy didn't I tell you last week? Izzy must have had him breaking plates, like breaking stuff in his house, and then he <laughs> he admits to doing that. He got it. He actually got it. That's crazy. But did that piss you off when you heard it? Because if it was actually before. A little bit. I mean, like, listen, the guy failed drug tests on multiple occasions after we fought, before we fought, or like, you know, he's, I mean, I know that the guy does bad things, right? But so to hear that that was real, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing and discouraging. I, it's, it, it sucks, you know, because ultimately, like I've said a number of times, I don't feel like the guy needed all that stuff in order to win the fights. You know, he could, he could win and fight anybody, anytime. He just does not need to be doing those things. And it just shows me a level to which that people had to go. And then what about the, what about the rest of the people, though, right? How do you look at everybody else, right? Like, this was not done individually. So who else was, like, involved in him doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to look at a lot of people in that gym and go, wow, you guys are kind of dirty a little bit. Like, kind of dirty. Incredible that Izzy got it out of him. <laughs> And, and this has been going on for six years. There's a battle going on right now between it's not it's not head to head, but there's a battle going on right now between Israel Adesanya and Darren Till for you know social media person of the year because both. Okay, but wait, but wait. I love Izzy, but Izzy yeah. does go too far sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes he's going too far. Yeah. Like I love him, and he's using social media to to build fights and aggravate and annoy people. But at times he goes too far, and um, I can't agree with some of the things that he does, but. The reality is, man, those guys are in a bitter, bitter war. And it's so sad, too. It's so crazy because the only thing Jones wants is to fight him, but he won't give it to him. This is, this is like the ultimate. This is the ultimate mind play here. 
right? Annoy, annoy, annoy. Poke him, poke him, poke him, poke him, poke him, but don't give him the opportunity to fight you. It's it's actually masterful. But don't go so far sometimes that it's on you. And the till stuff with Mike Perry is uh, is very interesting. He's he is relentless. He's uh, bad. At first, I thought he was actually being sincere, but now it seems like he wasn't being sincere. To corner, he was gonna him. So throw the t- He was gonna he was gonna make him lose. He was, he was gonna, gonna make, make him, him lose. More money to make him lose. I, I actually thought he was looking out for his guy because he felt bad for oh, all man. the you know the internet bullying and stuff. But now it seems like he wasn't being sincere. Darren Till is just Darren Till. Darren Till's out of control. Exactly. And if Darren Till told Hasmat, "I'll give it to you," but is he being serious? Like, is he being serious? I think he's being like, serious. is he? Darren Till is Darren Till is something else. See, but Darren Till also does it in fun, but at times can go a little far because you know how he puts his face on different pictures. Yes, it's he great. puts his face on my. He put his face on a picture with Mike Perry's wife, oh, ex-wife, yeah. and then he put a picture on with Mike Perry's the girl he's having a baby with now. Like he's going too far. Like yeah, these guys go too far. They go way. They, they there's a line like the lines right here. They just jump the line and they just take off sprinting into the backfield. Like these guys are out of control. Uh, so I don't think that Mike Perry uh, will have Darren Till in his corner, but let's see what happens. Uh, what about the other company? They're like a lot of people. This, this Mike Perry oh, thing yeah. <laughs> has become crazy. Mike, this Mike Perry thing has become crazy. And, and imagine if Mike Perry has now shown a new way of like making money. You know, because what are the rules? What, that, that tells me that there are some rules that need to be looked at. Um, that can anybody get licensed to be a corner? Is there no combat spirit experience required to go and corner somebody in a fist fight? Like, what? Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You see, before we go, we have to talk about this weekend. Zombie Ortega, one of the best grudge matches of the year. And then uh, after that, we're getting one of the best boxing matches all under the ESPN umbrella, Lomachenko-Lopez, incredible fight. Probably the second biggest fight of, of 2020 in boxing behind uh, Fury Wilder, which happened in February, but really feels like it happened nine years ago. First, let's talk about Zombie Ortega. DC, I love the backstory to this fight. You know the whole thing started on my show, right? You know no. that that Zombie Ortega was supposed to fight late last year, and then Ortega gets injured, and Zombie goes on my show with a translator but really the translator is this k-pop star you know who k-pop is right you okay there k-pop yes what's k-pop, k-pop? K-pop what is k-pop, k-pop? Is like korean <laughs> music it's very popular in south korea oh like i've seen stars. that i've yes. definitely seen that yes yes, yes. And very cartoonish Yes, it was this guy named Jay Park, who's a huge celebrity in South Korea. Uh, He has millions of Instagram followers, but he's also buddies with Korean Zombie. So he came on my show with Korean Zombie to serve as his uh, translator. I didn't really know who Jay Park was because, like, to be honest, I'm not a big K-pop guy, but it was a big deal. And so he was translating what Zombie said about Ortega running. Like, oh, he's scared. This is that. Just like, you know, usual banter, like nothing really big. Ortega was pissed about this, didn't like the translation, didn't like that Jay Park was saying this. So he sees him at the Izzy Romero fight in Las Vegas, the last fight that had people in attendance, and walks up to him and slaps him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And told him beforehand, when I see you, it's on site. According to their team, waited for Zombie to go to the bathroom and then went up and slapped him in the face. So there's some real bad blood now. From what I understand, Jay Park won't be on Fight Island. I think he should be in attendance. I think it should be like Jay Park on a pole or something like old school pro wrestling match. Like <laughs> Jay Park. But this is, this is an old school beef right here. California and South Korea coming together. Did you know? I mean, Brian Ortega is a gangster. Huh? Brian Ortega Brian slapped that man. He slapped him? Yes, allegedly. Oh, allegedly T-City. On the broadcast on Saturday, you, you used to say, I was talking to my boy, Helwani. He gave me the whole thing. You know, this yeah, is what happened. Yeah, that, ain't what happened. 
that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. I tell you that much. I like my job. Hey, I tell you one thing. I like my job. And I'm just here. I got from an unknown. I got from an unnamed source. Then he slapped Jay Park. <laughs> he slapped Jay Park at the UFC Izzy Romero fight. And Brian Ortega. Could yeah, you just do me a favor and somehow mention Jay Park, like on the. Uh, I'll mention Jay Park, but the one person I'm not mentioning <laughs> is sitting right across from me right now. <laughs> But you gotta. I mean, he's a legit. This is not just some made up thing. It's oh, he's not. He's a storyline. He's part of the storyline. Like he is part of the story, dude. I cannot believe that. But I remember when those guys were supposed to fight. And it seemed very cordial initially. Very. It seemed very cordial. Like, hey, man, we're gonna go out. We're gonna do our thing, and we'll see how it goes. But now there's bad blood. When I got the call to go to Fight Island, I was gonna fight. And they said you're gonna work two cards. They said it'll be Zombie Ortega. I didn't even know all this. But I was excited about the fight because of the matchup, because of the way that these guys match up, because of the skill that Korean Zombie has and also the skill Brian Ortega. We've seen Brian Ortega come so far in the stand-up, but the grappling is what has gotten him to where he is today. But also you see the Korean Zombie, and the, the, the intrigue of the Korean Zombie is that when he's in there, he's so spectacular. But also the fact that he's not here very often. Right, the zombie's here and then he's gone. He's got a bit of a cult following, right? Like no matter what he does, we pay attention. But you watch those two, and 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 it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait. I remember, see, I've never really met the Korean zombie, but then one time I was in an elevator with him, and I remember even as the champ, I was like, it's a Korean zombie, and you want to talk to him, right? Because it's almost like he's this this mythical creature that goes away and then comes back, and, and he's, he's got that thing, man. And if he can get through Brian Ortega in a weight class with a new champion in Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, he might be looking on the barrel of another title fight. Well, first, let me say, uh, coolest MMA t-shirt ever, the original Korean Zombie shirt, right? <laughs> By far the coolest. Um, if he wins, you don't agree? You know, sometimes you say stuff, and it's like, what? I think to myself, how in the world do you expect me? Kelly do you remember what Korean Zombie's first T-shirt looked like? Uh, it's almost like you, it's like how did you say stuff, bro? Like, you say stuff, iconic. No, then you say stuff, and then I'm forced to kind of just like nod my head, like <laughs> I know what you're talking about. When in reality, I have no idea what Korean Zombie. No first. idea about Korean Zombie. Come on, man. My, no. <laughs> Look, it's like what? Like, come on, Harry, man. Like, come on, Harry. I'm Daniel Cormier, man. I'm Daniel Cormier, man. I'm not not sitting around. I don't have a Korean Zombie T-shirt, man. You think I have a Korean Zombie T-shirt? Like, come on, Ariel, man. Like, sometimes you say stuff, man. I'm like, come on, man. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to know what this dude talking about, man. How am I supposed to know? And then I get on the internet, some, somebody like, DC's not as prepared as Ariel. How do you expect me to know all this stuff, man? What Korean Zombie's first MMA t-shirt look like? Oh, my God. That's crazy. Best. All right. That I'm is sorry. crazy, I man. thought you do. I you got to stop doing like that, man. You, you put me in a bad situation on multiple occasions. Every time we do a show, you tell me about some stuff from... Freaking Hamzaku Sakurai all the way to this dude's uh this dude's t-shirt, man. Like, come on, man. Come on, Ariel, man. You gotta stop doing that. You gotta stop doing that to me, man. Anyway, um in addition to that, I think if he wins, he sh- he'll be next for uh, Volkanovski. And and conversely, I really want to see how Ortega looks. Do you see we haven't seen Ortega since the Max Holloway fight? Yeah, and that's years. remember we talked about that's what we talked about earlier, right? With, with Corey Sanhagen. It's like, how does he respond after a situation where Max kind of put it on him? You know, like, is he going to be better today? Is he going to look the same? There's a lot of interesting factors going into the fight this weekend. Dare I say, Brian Ortega had a choice. Yes, he did. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait, what happened? What happened? <laughs> hey. Wait, 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 wait. Don't say wait. anything. Don't say you can't. Wait, wait. No free plugs. No free plugs. No, no, it's not free. Wait a minute. Something's missing from the show today. <laughs> hey, listen to me. Lopez Lomachenko right after. <laughs> Are you going to watch this? Are you guys going to watch this on Fight Island? Well, hey, Lomachenko's off, the man. Hey, he's a wrestler. You know that, Lomachenko? He's the man. Lomachenko's the man. Lomachenko's the man. Lopez is going to be is a fantastic fighter. This fight is going to be explosive. And it's free, right? It's free on ESPN. You know, it's not even – this is a pay-per-view level fight, right? There, there have been pay-per-views that do not have this type of matchup and this type of star power. With ESPN, you get it free. And it just reminds me of old days in boxing, man. When we got those types of fights – Fights for free, ABC, Wild World of Sports, where we get those big-time fights on free television, and I'm glad that ESPN's given that fight this weekend. Oh, what a great night. I mean, you go from the UFC card 
to that card. And by the way, fighting on that card as well, the top rank card, Cassius Clay Collard. Remember Clay Collard from back uh, in the day? Clay Collard is still winning. He won that last winning. fight. Yes, he's still <laughs> he's undefeated in 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 the top rank bubble, and he got on this card. Arguably the biggest card of the year. This journeyman MMA fighter has all of a sudden, and, and he has the audacity to call himself Cassius Clay Collard. Like his nickname is Cassius. Yeah, but nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you got to shoot your shot. Sometimes you got to shoot your shot. And he did. Cassius Clay. And now he's winning in boxing. I mean, this is perfect. Good for him, right? Stay winning. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this has been probably the most stressful show of my life. Yeah, uh, the, like, my computer's about to die. What I are mean, we I at percentage-wise? We started at 11%. I'm at 11%. We started at 34. Like, this is a brand-new computer. This is a brand-new computer. Wow. Hey, listen, man, you know, like, lately, uh, you know, I was thinking about Dak Prescott. Did you see that yesterday? Did oh, you see yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, that's sad, isn't it? Oh. Everybody's, on, everybody's on athletes about trying to get the big contract and doing – and most people – it's almost like fighting out your contract in MMA, right, and then getting knocked out. Right. You got a kid like Dak Prescott who was on his rookie salary. I mean, $4 million total. Obviously, he got franchise tag this year, so he's making 31 I believe. Right. Um, but this dude, compound fracture, hurt his ankle. Foot was twisted backwards, right? Oh. So you had the feel-good story of Alex Smith playing for the Washington football team on Sunday for the first time in years. And you got a young guy like Dak Prescott that gets hurt like that. That's why when these young athletes are fighting for their money and for their guarantees – we can't judge them so unfairly whenever they take a hard stance because now look at Dak, right? This young man now, obviously he's made a lot of money over his career, but never got through his rookie contract, was one that easily should have been one of the top three paid guys in the NFL. And now he gets an injury like that where he's going to be away for a long time. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, give a shout out to Dak Prescott and say that our, you know, our hearts are with him and, and his family during this difficult time. But man, you athletes, you have to get what's yours right now because you never know what tomorrow holds. Sad, sad situation for yeah. Dak Prescott. Hopefully they take care of him and, and they make it right and he makes a full recovery and, and is better than he was before. But, yeah, that was heartbreaking to watch. Um, and good luck. Especially as he was carted off and he was crying, right? Oh, because man, could you imagine, like, the, the, the normality of the situation must be hitting him as he's getting taken off the field. Like, wow, look at, this, look at where I'm at now. As a young guy, like and, and a great guy, yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott is a great guy, like a great guy, really nice kid. Um, you know, was at the fights in Dallas when Tyron beat uh, Darren Till. Just a really nice guy, man. And it, it's it's unfortunate that happened to him. If you need anything over there, uh, give me a call. I'm big over there. I speak. <laughs> there, I speak you there you go. There you go again. There you go again. Offering. There you go again. Offering stuff that you can't. You I'm just can't saying, really if you home. need, if you find yourself in a jam. Tell them hello. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. I no. thought you were talking about Dak Prescott. I thought you were talking no, about no, that. No, 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 no. I'm saying you over on Fight Island. Say you know a guy named Mr. Halwani. You have to go to because we're big. My family's from the Middle East. I don't know if you know this. So I got your okay. back. You know, I know you I know you're cool with Habib and all those guys. Listen, <laughs> I just, just You're cool with Habib. I mean, yes, you're cool yes. with Habib. I'm yeah. very cool. I'm just saying I will open doors for you that you can never imagine. Okay, That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay, 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 good. So you got the power here. You got the juice. So I'm gonna let you go. got all the juice now. Okay. That's right. I got you. I got you. My man. All right. We're out of time. This has been fun. This has been great. Uh, good luck with the sleep schedule over there. Good luck with the uh, the streaming and being in your in your hotel. And good luck on the call. It's been a while since I heard a uh, a Daniel Cormier call on on a fight night. I feel like it's been over a month or so. So looking forward to hearing your voice, seeing your lovely face on Saturday on Fight Island. All right, we're out of time. Thanks to everyone, as always, for listening, downloading, subscribing, reviewing, rating, all those things that you do. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here.